Good morning. Good to see you all today. Good to be here. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. Ephesians 4.15. Tonight, uh, we resume the DVD series on Samson. It's been a few weeks, so come out and be with us on that. 6 p.m. again. Baby Bottle Drive. We're in our second week of that, so if you haven't taken your baby bottle, do so. Fill it and bring it back on Father's Day. Prayer meeting Wednesday at 7. Andrea's number. Financial note there. Murder Mystery on a Train coming June the 7th. Fellowship Hall, 6 to 9 p.m., $7 a person. That's for, and all coffee and desserts are included. Sign up on the helps board? Yes. Doug, um, we need the, if anybody's interested to do that by next Sunday, so oh, okay. we know um, how many to plan for. So okay. So, so if your name's not on the board and you want to go, get it there. All right. Also, uh, deacons and elders, short meeting right after service in pastor's office. So deacons and elders right after service today. All right. What else have I missed? Our scripture for meditation this morning is from Galatians, the fourth chapter. Read one through seven. Let's stand and ask the Lord to bless our service. 
George, can I ask you again? take your Trinity hymnal this morning, your red hymnal, and turn to number 436, 436 in the red. like to sing this morning. Five twenty in the brown. I don't know which one. All right. All right, well what's the reason for the hymn while we figure out which one? Um just to be thankful that the more 
521. Yep. 521. Okay. Scripture reading this morning from 1 Peter, chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 1 through 8, 1888 in the Pew Bible. Let's stand together. Therefore... Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. 
now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this, stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. As the Lord bless his word. Take your hymnal again and turn to number 368, 368 in the brown hymnal.
My scripture text this morning is 1 Peter 2. In our last study, we considered the charge by Peter that God's people are to crave spiritual growth, which implies change from where we are spiritually to some form of advancement towards becoming more Christ-like. The road to change begins with ridding ourselves of certain sins which are particularly detrimental to the love bond between the brethren. The corporate effect for the good of the church. Rid yourselves. That word yourselves is in the plural. So he's addressing the corporate body. Yeah, that involves us individually too, but he's talking about the church as a whole. The catalog of sins listed, while not exhaustive, nonetheless exemplifies those sins which are particularly destructive to Christian unity and love. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Five biggies. And spiritual growth has to do with ridding ourselves of these sins and seeking godly traits to replace them instead. In short, we're to grow up spiritually, and that's what we want to talk about this morning. Growing up in the Christian faith, that is essential responsibility for every believer. As we come to our study, let's ask for the enablement of God's Spirit. Father, send your Spirit upon us, that we might learn what it means to grow up in Christ. It's not enough just to know you. It's not enough to just experience your salvation. What are we doing with that? What are we accomplishing for you and your kingdom? I pray that you'll help us. Too many times we just see our lives as living day to day in the world, just kind of being a good person, not making any waves with anybody, not hurting anybody. But the gospel doesn't go forth with any kind of authority because we're so absorbed in our own life's work. Please help us to see beyond the mundane things of our existence and our families, 
and to see how we might serve the kingdom of Christ in more effective and useful ways. And mostly help us to grow up in the things of Christ because you want mature adults in your church. And I pray that you'll bless us with that maturity. Give us a heart for it, a longing for it, a craving for it, until we obtain it. In Christ's name, amen. I want to talk today about growing up in the Christian faith. First point in my outline is simply this, that a baby forever, a baby forever is not normal. I think we know that. On occasions we will come across or read about a parent who just will not let their child move on to maturity. Usually it's the mother, hate to say that, ladies, <laughs> of the child who says, and views their children, well, that's my baby. You know, he might be 40 years old, but they're still talking about Junior as though he were Junior, you know. Years ago, there was an ad on progressive car insurance. Flo, the uh, spokesperson for that organization, giving a group tour of the kinds of insurance that are available and for her own company, and she makes a statement that progressive insurance has accident forgiveness for your first accident, which means your premium will not go down just because you have an accident. I think they're still toting that after so many years. And in the group is this 40-year-old man, and he says, well, what if my mother won't allow me to drive? <laughs> 40 years old. And she answers, well, then I guess you won't have to worry about having an accident in the first place. It's a funny advertisement, but what is not so funny is that this poor doofus has a mother treating him like a baby at age 40. The humor is convincing because we all know how close to the truth this can be at times. What is more... There isn't an observant and knowledgeable adult who doesn't think there's something wrong about a 40-year-old man whose mother controls his driving habits. She's wrong for exercising that kind of restrictive control over obvious adult son, but he's wrong for permitting it to continue. And yet this happens all too often. But a baby forever is not normal. It's not normal. Babies are meant to grow and become toddlers and children and adolescents and teens and young adults and finally adults. And if that process is interrupted along the way in any of the given age periods, stunted growth will occur and that person can get caught in a time warp and stagnate. Mom may love the fact that Henry is still her baby boy at age 40, but everyone else will see her as a failure as a mother. And Henry is extremely immature, unable to cope with life unless his mother's there to give an opinion and approval. 
Well, you know, in the spiritual realm, God has the right. He has the right and the authority to restrict our every move. He does. Yet he encourages us, even commands us as his children, grow up. Grow up. I want you to become responsible adults spiritually so that you can be of greater service in the kingdom of Christ. One such command is right here in our text, verse 2. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now notice, he is not saying they are babes. It's a simile. Like newborn babes, do what they do. What? What do they do? Adopt some of their attribute of craving. Craving what? Food. You all know that when it, it's feeding time for an infant, you know that, don't you? Parent doesn't have to guess. The baby begins to fuss and cry and will not settle down until the bottle or mother's milk is provided. Why? Because that baby's hungry, that's why. And he wants to be fed, that's why. And while the crying may become a bit unnerving at times, there's something much worse than a crying baby. And what is that? A baby that doesn't cry. A baby that never fusses to feed. A lethargic baby signals something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Same in the spiritual realm. And so God's commands to us is to take the necessary steps to grow. Else there's something wrong. Paul told the Corinthian believers, our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 15. He's saying something here that's very important. Sometimes, brethren, teaching is restricted by the learning capacity of the pupil. Paul was anticipating growth in the faith of the Corinthian believers so that he could take them to the next service level, we could put it that way, in their faith. By the way, Jesus said essentially the same thing to his disciples the very night of his crucifixion. Here's the words. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. John 16, verse 12 and following. While Jesus was anticipating a time in his disciples in which their capacity to learn of him would be up to speed, can I put it that way, with the truths they yet needed to learn. 
And it would take the Holy Spirit's indwelling to turn the corner on their learning curve. They were kind of at a stalemate. Consider as well that our Lord takes the step to see to it that his people have the resources necessary for such spiritual growth. Paul writing to the Ephesians says, It was he, speaking of Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. What for? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the ways and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Ephesians 4, verse 11 and following. I want you to note here that maturity in the faith is viewed as essential defense against being hoodwinked by every lying heresy that comes down the pike. Knowing the Bible and its teaching defends against error. Children are gullible. It's just the truth. Grandpas, me included, often tease the grandchildren about by telling them tall tales just to see how long it will take for them to get wise that we're pulling their leg. It's great fun. <laughs> but it's not funny when adults are imbibing heresies as though they had a grasp of the truth. This is one reason God commands us to take the necessary steps to grow spiritually. Remaining a baby forever is not normal. It's not normal. In fact, it is dangerous. What then are the methods of growth? Look at verse 1. We considered that last week. Rid yourselves. There are certain things that you have to rid yourself of. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Those are things that need to be erased from our lives. But what are we to put on our lives or add or increase in our lives? Verse 2, pure spiritual milk so that by it you might grow up in your salvation. The word pure indicates that which is unadulterated, unmixed with things that would taint or spoil the milk. And milk stands for that whole food. You all know that. Whole food that stands for a completeness, which is ever the enriched food that feeds our souls and produces growth. Babies can live on just milk, and they do for a long time. It's that wholesome, it's that complete. Jesus' prayer to the Father for us was this. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. John 17, 17. Peter himself says, Grace and peace 
be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 2 Peter 1 verse 2. The psalmist says the law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. Psalm 19 verse 7. And Jesus is describing as giving himself to the cross for the church. The apostle says to make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. Writes Paul, Ephesians 5, verse 26. God's word is the milk all of us need to grow. Pure milk. It means God's word minus any adulterations. And he addresses the sins in verse 1. Deceit, hypocrisy, slander that flow from a hateful heart. Those things have to go. Now if we were to ask, how does the word of God promote spiritual growth? Well, I would say firstly, a negative. Not magically. Not because you have a Bible on the nightstand. Not because you have one on the coffee table. I dare say that no baby would ever grow by simply placing a bottle of milk by his or her crib. No, to grow by the word of God, one must ingest the word of God. And by ingest, I am not suggesting simply reading the Bible, but learning its principles and applying them to daily life. Let me give you some examples. As we see the love of God in the scriptures, it becomes the incentive for us to love God and others. John writes it this way, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Or again, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. 1 John four twelve, And then one more verse. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. 1 John 5 verse 2. So I want you to notice the progression here. We love God because he first loved us. God so loved the world. The most famous verse in the Bible. Secondly, though no one has ever seen God, we can see him in this, that we love one another. And finally, the proof of our love is that we carry out his commands. This growth is spiritual love comes from being a student of the Bible. What about another aspect of God's character? Not love, but what about his majesty? He does have a majesty as God, supreme. Moses writes, Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Yeah, who? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Exodus 15, verse 11. Isaiah writes, The Lord will cause men to hear his majestic voice. 
and will make them to see his arm coming down with raging anger and consuming fire, with cloudbursts and thunderstorms and hail. Isaiah 30, verse 30. David even wrote this song, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Psalm 8, verse 1. As we think on this, majestic in holiness, majestic in raging anger and judgment, majestic in setting his glory above the heavens, it is these truths which help us develop, I'm going to put it this way, a reverent fear of God, not a slavish fear. That's the world. If they have any knowledge of God, it's a slavish fear. Oh, he's going to get me. Ours is a reverent fear. A respect for who and what he is that is woefully missing in the average Joe on the street who only sees God as perhaps love in a sentimental way. Well, God loves everybody, so he loves me. Oh, gushy, no backbone to punish sin and rectify wrongs. Again, that's a distortion of who God is, but that's the way it goes down. When we learn the awfulness of sin, as the Bible defines it, how pervasive it is in human nature, how deadly, how anti-God we are prone to be, how easily tempted to oppose God and side with Satan, it produces humility in us and watchfulness. Paul writes, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch out for yourself, or you may also be tempted. Galatians 6 verse 1. Again, the precepts of God's word show us what to be, what to do, and the promises of God's word And the alarms encourage us to obey those precepts, to strive to live in a way that will please the Lord. And we understand from the scripture that faith pleases the Lord. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says, Comes to him, must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. So what we learn in all of this is that every portion of the Word of God is calculated to promote spiritual growth in us. Paul words it this way in Romans 6. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and become slaves.